remain standing for the reading of God's Word that became uh, the basis of today's uh, sermon from John, the Gospel of John 3, 1 to 15. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel and you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Friends, we are in the series uh, from the Gospel of John entitled, Come and See Jesus. And I do pray and hope that every single week that you come to hear the Word of God from these pages from the Gospel of John, you do come and see Jesus for who He is. And we, we have now come to uh, chapter 3 of uh, John's uh, Gospel. And this is such an important passage that uh, Charles Spurgeon once said uh, this in one of his uh, writings. If you were asked to read to a dying man who did not know about the gospel, who did not know about Christ, which part of the Bible would you read to him? And Spurgeon said, this is the chapter that you should read to that dying man in a hospital bed waiting to essentially Breath, uh, uh, breathe his last uh, breath. And, and you should probably select this chapter, said uh, Charles Spurgeon. And whatever is good for dying man would be good for us all, he said. For this is what we are and how soon we may actually be at the gates of death. None of us can tell. So friends, let's... Uh, Fill our hearts with all these expectations of what the Lord will say to us as we look uh, through this uh, passage. What is this notion of being born again? 
So let, let's uh, look at that, that uh, single question first uh, as the first point of my sermon. What is born again? In the next slide, you can see uh, the question. And I want to answer that question by first paying attention to who Nicodemus is. If you look at first one and uh, um, first two, you will see that he was a religious man. He was a man of the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisee is this uh, strictest religious group that you can ever uh, find in Jesus' day. He was also educated, and we knew that from his name Nicodemus, which was a Greek name. He was influential because he was ruler of the Jews, which meant that he was a member of this uh, 70 people Sanhedrin, the highest judicial body for the uh, Jews in that day. He was also teacher of Israel, first then. So he was a recognized religious authority, a clergy of the highest standing. He was like a reverend professor doctor who's supposed to know all the things that he asked uh, Jesus about. He was also old. In first four, he said, how can a man be born when he was old? He was somewhat open to the truth, and that's why he came to see Jesus, although he came to see Jesus at night. Why at night? Commentators were um, suggesting a few possibilities. What's with this cloak of darkness, you know, that... Uh, he came uh, to Jesus uh, under, perhaps he was a bit shy, perhaps he was a bit nervous, or perhaps he was a bit uh, fearful to be identified in the public mind with this Galilean rabbi. We did not know for sure, but he said, Rabbi, we know, instead of I know, so he sort of represented perhaps other fellow uh, leaders of the Jews. He said to Jesus, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher from God, but are you more than a teacher? Are you the Messiah? Are you a prophet? That's basically what he asked. So we knew that he's old, he's rich, he's wealthy, he's uh, very um, influential, he has this uh, high status of religious standing in his day. And again, the way Jesus answered his question was quite cryptic. Instead of answering who he was, he said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's a weird answer, right? The Lord answered not the words of Nicodemus, but the Lord answered to his thoughts. Because if you remember last week, we read that Jesus knew what's in our hearts. He can read our innermost thoughts like an open book. So he answered the thoughts of Nicodemus rather than the words of Nicodemus because Jesus recognized the greatest needs of this religious and wealthy person. And what is amazing is that Three times, Jesus repeated the same idea. If you look at uh, this slide, you will see that in verse 3, 5, and 7, Jesus emphasized the notion of born again. 
Unless one being born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born of water and spirit, that rather than the spirit, I think it should be without the article the and without capital S, but spirit as in human spirit. Born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then you must be born again. And obviously that is something that Jesus wants us to understand. He repeated that three times to Nicodemus. And then he did not understand. He said, how can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? See, what Nicodemus was thinking, Jesus was talking about a moral reformation. So that's why when he asked Jesus, how can a man be born again when he is old? Basically, he was asking in a modern parlance, How can you teach an old dog new tricks? See, if Jesus said, unless a Gentile is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, Nicodemus would have understood that. Okay, so those who are Gentiles, who are not Jews, need to be born again. But Jesus said, anyone, every single person, must be born again. That includes everyone, that includes Nicodemus, that includes every highly religious person like Nicodemus. So what Nicodemus had in mind, that all his religious obedience, all his moral accomplishments surely would have meant something for the kingdom of God. But Jesus said that amounted to nothing when it came to entering and seeing the kingdom of God. Now, friends, the kingdom of God simply means that you live under the reign of the king. Because when you are in the kingdom of God, then there's a king over you, right, that would guide your life, direct your life, and you are the subjects of this king. That's basically what kingdom of God means. And here is why Jesus told Nicodemus, you can be very religious, Nicodemus. You can do what religious people do. You know, going to church, praying and tithing and serving the Lord at the church. But you can do all that because you want to control God with your obedience, demanding that God will repay you with bigger blessings, expecting him to be answerable to you. You know how many uh, religious people today, including Christians, they do all these things for God, And then when they do not get what they think that they should receive from God, if, if their businesses are not doing well, their career not going anywhere, then they would complain to God and they say, Lord, I have done all these things for you, but you're not blessing me. Where's your blessing? See, that's how religious people control God by their obedience. And Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, only when you are born again will you treat God as your king. Only when you are born again will you surrender your will, your mind, and your heart to the rightful king who reigns over your life. So let me summarize that point in the following slide this way. The, to be born again is not a call to morality and religion. It is actually a challenge to morality and religion. 
See, friends, we are not called to be a Christian, i.e. to be a religious person called Christian. That's not the call to follow Jesus. The call to believe in Jesus, the call to be born again, is actually a challenge to our moralistic concept, to our religious concept. You remember Jesus said in the Sermon of the Mount, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And the people who heard Jesus must have been shocked. Who could possibly live a righteous life better than the Pharisees, better than people like Nicodemus? Who could achieve that level of living? The answer is no one, because no one can enter the kingdom of God with their own efforts. Only the gospel, the power of God's for salvation, completely external to ourselves, can usher, at, usher us into that kingdom. So the gospel message is quite radical. It changes us at the root of who we are, at the core of who we are. And it treats religion not as commendable thing, but condemnable thing. So when you come to know Jesus, you will see that all your religious upbringing, all your religious accomplishments meant nothing. So friends, that's why the term born-again Christians is actually a tautology. It's a redundant phrase. You cannot say, I am a born-again Christian or you are not born-again Christian because every Christian must be born again. And everyone who is born again is a Christian. So you don't have to say born again Christian. That phrase is completely unnecessary. If you are a Christian, you would be born again. If you are born again, then you are a Christian. And unless you are born again, you will never be a Christian. So that's what born again means. Second point, what makes you born again then? Let's look at uh, verse 6 and uh, 8 in particular. But before we look at those two verses, there, there are various phrases that Jesus uh, used, which, which I think is interesting. And you know, if, if, if we have uh, three hours, we can go uh, into each one of them in depth. But I just want to look at uh, briefly each one of them. You know, born again, that, that phrase born again, the word again means from above. Right? It's not from within us, but from above. We are born from above. It means the same thing, actually, like we saw a few weeks, weeks ago. To be born from above means to believe in the name of Jesus. It means to become children of God. So, but, the, but the emphasis of being born from above speaks to the origin. The origin is external to us. It's the supernatural work of God. It's not our efforts whatsoever. And then there's this phrase, born of water and spirit, and I agree with uh, Don Carson, whose commentary I've been using to prepare for this sermon week after week. He was of the opinion that that should be spirit with... Uh, not the capital S for the Holy Spirit, but human spirit. Because what he meant was 
what, what Jesus meant when he said, uh, born of water and uh, spirit, he, he then continued on, uh, uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit, now that's the Holy Spirit, is spirit. What, what Jesus meant is simply this. This is the concept of like generates like. You know, flesh generates uh, flesh. Flesh gives birth to flesh, like just, you know, any human being who gives birth to a baby. So natural human birth produces people who belong to the earthly family of humankind, but not the children of God, because only the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. I'll give you an illustration. If a nation, maybe Australia, maybe United States, maybe United Kingdom, but if a nation passed a law that said no one could live in that country except those who are born in that country, then someone who wants to live there, who was not born there, simply cannot live there, right? It doesn't matter if you try to be observant of its custom and you follow every single thing or every social norm of that country, it doesn't matter. You cannot live there because you're not born in that country. That's the law. It doesn't matter if you practice some of the traditions of the uh, people, the indigenous people of that nation. You can't live there because that's the law. It doesn't matter if your parents are born in that country, but you not, so you can't live there. As long as you're not born there, you cannot live in that country. Similarly, if you're not born of the Spirit, and whatever you do, you cannot, cannot be uh, born again. So what it means, Jesus is saying to us, even if you get rid of all your sinful habits, your evil habits. Even if you start volunteering in a shelter, you become generous with your money to help the poor. You become a church attender every single week. You get involved in all kinds of ministries. You can't make yourself born again. It's not something that you can do to yourself. See, if friends, if Jesus said, unless you are mortal, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You might think, okay, I, I can try to be a moral person. But that's not what Jesus said. He did, he did not say, unless you are mortal, you cannot see the kingdom of God. But unless you are born again. See, no one can give birth to themselves. You cannot manufacture Christians any more than you can manufacture babies, right? So the idea is one of generation, which starts at the seed, at the embryonic level, at the root. And then Jesus continued that the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes or, uh, or from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So the Spirit is like the wind. So that's why when Nicodemus came to see Jesus, it was dark and it was perhaps 
a stormy night. There was a lot of wind like what we had yesterday in Melbourne, right? It was so windy. And friends, we can't see the wind, but you can hear its sound. We, you can see the effects. I mean, yesterday, if you uh, went out and about anywhere in Melbourne, you would see that your hair, uh, you know, you had a bad hair day because of the wind, Melbourne wind, right? Because you know there was wind and it was a uh, high velocity wind. And so it is with the birth of the Spirit. We cannot control the Spirit. We cannot understand the Spirit and how He works, but it does not mean that we cannot witness the effects of the Spirit in our lives. Where the Spirit works, the effects in our lives are undeniable and unmistakable. You will be changed inside out, and you cannot manufacture that change. So Jesus wanted Nicodemus to know when he said the spirit is like wind. He moves wherever he goes. What Jesus was saying to Nicodemus is you don't have to understand everything, Nicodemus, about Christian faith. You just have to come and believe and be born again. See, friends, a lot of people do not want to come to Jesus because they don't understand a lot of things in their lives, but Jesus is essentially saying you don't have to understand all these difficult doctrines you just have to believe. You just have to be born again. You have to experience this new birth. And then slowly you would understand why that is your greatest need. And our greatest need is to be born again. Friends, if you have been born only once, then you're going to die twice. But if you have been born twice, the natural birth that you have, the physical birth, and then this spiritual birth, if you have been born twice, you will never die. You only die once on this earth, but you will never have that eternal death because death has been swallowed up in life. A preacher called D.L. Moody one day wrote, in the papers, the following. If you read one day about me, said dear Modi, that I was dead, don't believe a word of it. Because at that moment, I shall go up higher, that is all, out of this old clay tenement into a house that is immortal, a body that death cannot touch, that sin cannot taint, a body fashioned like unto his glorious body. And then he said this, I was born of the flesh in 1837. And I was born of the spirit in 1856. And that which is born of the flesh may die. That which is born of the spirit may live forever. See, friends, can you say the same? So in my case, I can say, I was born in flesh in 1974, and I was born of the spirit in 1991. Can you say the same about yourself? Did you know not only when your natural birth was, your uh, physical birth, but also your spiritual birth? You born once, die twice. But if you born twice, 
you die once. Just remember that principle. And that brings us to our uh, last point. How then you can be born again? How can you be born again? And the answer lies in verse 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So in, in this uh, example, just because Nicodemus did not get it, right? He still asks, how can these things be? And Jesus then uh, cited this well-known story from the book of Numbers, chapter 21, 4-9, that Nicodemus must have been so familiar with, you know, uh, in his role as the ruler of the Jews. That's the story of sin. The Israelites rebelled against God and was punished. But it's also a story of faith. Because anyone who looked at the bronze snake that Moses lifted up, a picture of the work of Jesus as the Messiah, anyone who looked onto that bronze snake was healed. You know, friends, the story, the Israelites grumbled after they were freed from the uh, slavery in Egypt. They said this in, uh, in Numbers chapter 21. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food, there's no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents, snakes, among the people, and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. And then the people came to Moses and said, we have seen, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. And then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery bronze serpent and set it on a pole and everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. That's the story. So the bronze snake on a pole was used as the means that God used to give physical life to those bitten by this plague of snakes that had been sent as a punishment to this constantly grumbling people. But here is what Jesus meant by citing this story. When Moses lifted up the snake on a pole, in the same way, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, was physically lifted up on the pole, i.e. on the cross. That bronze snake spoke of sin that was judged, that was dealt with, and in the same way, Jesus, who knew no sin, then became sin for us on the cross, our sin was also judged in him. So the solution to the snake problem in the Israelites' camp was not in killing the snakes or climbing uh, the pole, but in looking by faith at the uplifted bronze snake on the pole. The people were saved not by doing anything, but by simply looking. That's, that's what's remarkable with this story. You were saved not by killing the snakes, not by climbing the pond, not by doing anything. Just look at the, the brown snake. That's all. And in the same way, we just need to look by faith to Jesus to be saved from sin, from death, and not by our own efforts. Friends, the difference between perishing and living is faith in Christ Jesus. The difference between condemnation and salvation is faith in Jesus Christ. 
So the, to answer Nicodemus' question, how can this happen? Now we know the answer. Nicodemus had spent his entire life focusing on doing something for the Lord to attain salvation, to enter into the kingdom. But Jesus said to Nicodemus, nope, a person is saved not by his doing, but by my dying. A person is saved not by your doing, but by Jesus' dying. The kingdom of God is seen. The kingdom of God is entered. The new birth is experienced. The eternal life begins through the saving work of Christ received by faith. So friends, if Nicodemus, the best that religion could produce, needed to be born again, then Jesus' word, uh, words certainly apply to all of us. So this morning, my question to you is, have you been born again? Let us bow down in prayer and respond to the Lord.